All right, ladies and gentlemen, a very special episode of the Fig Cave here. We're here in the Jimmy's Famous Seafood Studios. It's a Friday, ready for the weekend, and we have our, I guess, good friend, Steve Rosenthal from Powertown Wrestling on the line. He is going to walk us through uh, a new toy line that they're starting. I'm sure you've heard the rumors. I heard the news. Uh, some legends of wrestling. Uh, he did a great interview. I've been told it's a great interview from the guys from the Major Brother Wrestling uh, Major Brother Podcast. I have not listened to it. I wanted to be fresh, get all the uh, questions in that I wanted to an- to ask him. And uh, we're gonna get Steve on the line here. You can follow them on social media um, if you want. Twitter underscore Powertown and inter- Instagram it's Powertown Wrestling. Uh, we'll get Steve on the line right now and talk some wrestling figures. And let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have Steve Rosenthal on the line from uh, Powertown Wrestling. Steve, how are you this afternoon? I am doing great, Phil. How are you? Not too bad. Um, Thank you for taking some time out to join us. Uh, We want to promote Powertown Wrestling on social media. It's Powertown Wrestling on Instagram and underscore Powertown on Twitter. Steve, before we get into the the line and how it became, uh, how it got to where it is, tell us about you and your background in the toy industry. All right. Well, first thing I got to do is I promised my granddaughter, Layla, that I would say hello. Oh, nice. Every time, every time she sees me on a podcast, I don't mention her name. So, Layla, I love you, and I'm mentioning your name. Awesome. Anyway, uh, my background started actually back at uh, – I started with Ideal Toys back in the late 70s. My first uh, my first experience with action figures was actually with Evil Knievel. Oh, wow. And, uh, I was there for two years and uh, went to Remco in the early 80s. And uh, obviously, I spent close to 20 years there. And uh, the phenomenon of Remco was, was just unbelievable. The things that, that, you know, the things that we put out, the things that we did, the successes that we had. I mean, I don't even know where to start to name, uh, you know, all the different action figures that we did over the years. But suffice to say that the, the, entire, uh, the entire wrestling uh success started really with the warlords because uh we introduced the warlords in the early 80s and had tremendous success obviously being a marvel license Mm -hmm. and in the mid 80s uh, i would spend evenings you know watching wrestling with my kids and it was just an enormous amount of fun and for as much as i watched it you know uh every time i saw it i was just amazed by the outfits and the personas and the glitz and the glitter and the fun and the fans so one day i'm sitting on a couch and i said to my i said to my boys i said you know something these guys are real life superheroes yeah and i got to do something about it so the next morning i uh i picked up the phone and just cold called vince mcmahon oh wow and and told vince that uh, i mean no, no secretary yeah he answered he answered the phone <laughs> I said, I told him who I was, and I said, I think I have something you'd be very interested in talking about. And late afternoon, I drove up to Stanford. He had a very tiny office in Stanford, Connecticut. I walked into an empty desk, uh, knocked on the door. Vince comes out with his wife, and we sat down for several hours, and we actually hammered out a deal on action figures and uh, gave him a check. And I, we then started negotiating the contract between the two attorneys. And I went back to my office and started uh, developing uh, Hulk Hogan. And if we could find that prototype somewhere. Oh, my gosh. Big money. Uh, yeah. 
that was that and it was done by hand that prototype was the first iteration of any wrestling figure that was ever done and when we showed it to vince he absolutely flipped yeah he he never even thought about that type of merchandising and you know to cut to the chase and make a long story short about six weeks into the whole development uh project because i was visiting vince once a week for approvals and i walked in and we went to his conference room and Vince throws down a uh, Galoob catalog. Mm. And I said to myself, this is not good. <laughs> this is not good. And uh, he says, do you know these guys? And I said, yeah. I said, I know the entire Galoob family. I know David. And great guys, great company. So sure enough, about a week later, he pulls our deal <sighs> because Galoob had given him another 25 grand. And we were out, they were in. But I had a great, you know, obviously I had a great model, which to this day, I don't know where it is probably somewhere in the archives of Remco. But uh, likewise, about three weeks later, he pulled the deal from Galoob and gave it to Jackie Friedman, who he should rest in peace, was also a good friend of mine. And, you know, the rest is really history. But I was not about to take that laying down mm. because I really, really believed in, you know, what was happening out there in wrestling. And, you know, just like I have in back of me, uh, you know, I ha we had done the Warlords. And we had that, you know, that masterful physique. We had all the muscles, you know, we had everything we needed to get into the action figure business. The only thing was soft goods and to sculpt the heads. But I didn't have a license. So mm. I did my homework uh, and I found that really the AWA from a TV perspective, uh, from a persona, from a talent perspective was at that time, uh, they didn't match the WWF in TV, but from the standpoint of talent, they were right there. Not to mention, you know, all the talent that the WWE was getting was coming right out of the AWA. Them, yeah. yeah, so I, I flew out to Minneapolis. I met with both Vern and Greg Gagne. And uh, within two days, we had a deal. And within maybe four or five months, we had product on the shelf. We were the first. Uh, articulated wrestling action figure in the marketplace. Of course, when LJN got in, they got in with the, you know, the vinyl non-articulated figures. But, you know, you know, I'm happy to say that, you know, from a historic standpoint, we were the first guys. And uh, what's happened since then, I mean, you know, multi, multi, multi-billion dollar sector of the toy industry, and there's absolutely nothing slowing it down. And from there, you know, I mean, I did Karate Kid and a lot of other uh, figures and, uh, so it's an industry that uh, I retired from in 2018. But as they say in The Godfather, you get <laughs> out and they pull you right back in. I was just so. thinking that. And it's so funny. <laughs> Fast forward 40 years, now you're working with these guys again. What happened? Because I'm sure when you talked to Brian and Matt on the Major Brothers, they talked about how you know there was, for the longest time, one company making wrestling figures until about five or six years ago. Now we're up to almost double digits. Um, whose idea was this Greg Gagne? Was this you? Was it a kind of a collaborative thing to, to start this back up again? Because it kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, it was, there wasn't like any kind of prep for it or we just saw the images and it was like, you know, I wow, know. where did it these was, come it from? It's great. Well, what happened is if you see behind me, this is, uh, that's the belt that I did back in the eighties, mm -hmm. the wrestling belt that I did back in the eighties. And that's my son on there, Scott, who's Layla's dad. And um, there's, a, there's a Facebook page called AWA Remco Collection. And 
And I, you know, when I retired in 2018, I was just, you know, playing golf, enjoying myself. Uh, somewhere along the line when COVID hit and everybody was starting to, you know, network and surf the internet and Facebook, my son discovered this page and he told them who he was. And then he told them, you know, who his dad was. And uh, I went on to a couple of their, you know, I, I probably shouldn't have joined, but I did because I know the emails started coming. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Day. I can only imagine. And, yeah. You don't realize who you are until you find out. And, uh, you know, my son said, Scott, just like we were sitting on the couch, you know, back in the 80s. Hey, Dad, something special is happening there. And I found out that the figures that I was selling, $4.99, $5.99 back in the 80s, you know, these things were going up to a couple thousand dollars a piece, depending, depending on the figure. Mm -hmm. So I mapped out a business plan and picked up the phone and called Greg. And, you know, Greg and, I, Greg and I had spoken off and on every couple of years. You know, I spoke to him when his dad passed away because Vern was mm. very special to me. And uh, I said, Greg, we got to do something. And uh, asked me what I was talking about. And the plan was to just really kind of get in with a half a dozen figures, you know, do a quick Kickstarter and get out. And uh, but what happened was Greg, who has an unbelievable wealth of respect in the in, in the entire wrestling community as he started making phone calls you know he started getting calls so all of a sudden we went from a dozen to 24 and then i said to greg i said you know because what we were doing was really concentrating on what we did in the 80s mm -hmm. i said if you take a look at the wrestling community now you know mostly what's out there of course you got the aw aew which is all new you got the WWE, which in its traditional sense really goes back to, you know, the 80s. And then, you know, obviously through current day, I said, we should tell a story of the history of wrestling. And we should go all the way back, starting with his dad, you know. But, you know, by the way, you know, now we have Gorgeous George. Mm. So we have really got Gorgeous George has never been done by never. anyone. No, neither is, neither is Vern. Neither is neither is Luthez. None of these guys have been celebrated quote as an action figure and to sit here right now and list you know our entire roster would would take me the next couple of hours we have <laughs> over two we have over 200 wrestlers historical pioneers icons you name it i mean and we are trying to celebrate these guys in a way that that they deserve and we've got we've got the women we've got the tag teams i mean for example we just signed uh because there's a story we just signed the Mulkies. You know the Mulkies? Have mm -hmm. you heard of them? Yeah. Okay. The losingest tag team in the history of wrestling. Now, who would ever celebrate them? But there's a phenomenal story there. You know, these guys lost like 130 matches in a row. Okay. And, the, you know, it's a, so we're, we're trying to tell these stories of these guys that have never been celebrated. Uh, we want to do some special things for the wrestling and, you know, certainly find a way to, uh, to you know, get them some extra revenue and that's what we're doing and this thing is uh it's really taken off let's talk, the the first series that is coming out we'll we'll run it down it's uh, luthez obviously um Luth our boy ted Luth dibiase right Vern Gagne, stan hansen magnum ta and carrie von eric and like you said some of these guys have never had figures before it's almost like Babe Ruth and, and Honus Wagner never having baseball cards, some of these guys. I mean, these are the guys that I, I'm too young to, to hear, but I'm, they're names that I hear on podcasts and on wrestling television over and over that, you know, built 
what wrestling is today. So it's it's awesome to see them in wrestling figure form. When you were making these, what did you say? To, like, what did you look at on the shelf or or that's a current product and said we need to model after this style because there's so many different styles of wrestling figures now we've we've come full, full circle with being it super articulated to back to redoing the LJN style rubber ones and and retro figures and Hasbro's and everything in between what made you settle on these because they look they look amazing well what what actually happened was initially uh we were going to kind of do a uh, a cross between the retro Remco and what's out there now. And we call ours, we call ours ultras. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when we first put the images out, which were just, you know, digital renderings, uh, when they went out, we listened to the fans. Can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do that? And when I saw all of the comments and we sat down at a product meeting, I said, guys, we have got to retrench and our first figures, let's come out with ultras. Let's make these 30 points of articulation, you know, no stylization on the heads. Let's hit these things like they've never been done before. And what that means is any one of the figures that are in series one, regardless of whether they had a figure before, mm -hmm. has never either been shown uh, in that particular type of iteration. In other words, Kerry's jacket that he's wearing, mm -hmm. okay, is a jacket that has never been done as a figure. Uh, if, I don't know if you have a picture of the back, but the back says it's got, it's got Texas on it. And it says, you know, the yellow rose of Texas. Um, obviously, Vernon Lou is, you know, given because they've never been done before. T.A., uh, who, by the way, is a partner in our business along oh, with Greg. Cool. Yeah. And uh, that's why we always say wrestlers for wrestlers, because these guys understand the wrestling business. Mm -hmm. You know, I do from a business standpoint, you know, and of course, they do from a wrestling standpoint. But, you know, then you take, uh, uh, let's see, we got, the, you take Hanson and you take uh, DiBiase. You know, Ted's always been done as a million dollar man, yeah. never done, never done an iteration where he was a tag team partner with uh, with Stan in Japan. And uh, anything that we put out from now on will always be done like it's never been done before. We're not looking to copy anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, if you take a look at our sculpts, uh, the, the facial sculpts, the, the, as we call them, the head portraits are fantastic. Uh, the gentleman that is also a partner in our business, his name is Andy Frank, and he comes out of uh, Todd McFarlane. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the history there and the ability and the talent is, is simply overwhelming. So, and we've got a lot of other ideas that, you know, we're going to be coming out with over the next couple of months. Awesome. Um, so one of the things I wanted to touch on, it's, it's awesome to think of some of these folks who, you know, it's their great grandfather that's, that, you know, has passed away that, you know, they're going to inherit, you know, the, the funds from this and f someone's finally going to celebrate their career and, you know, their grandkids can see them in, in figure form. One of the biggest problems that the major brothers have had on their podcast is when they when you talked about these exclusive contracts. So, again, I haven't listened to their show. I'm sure you addressed it there. Um, are the folks that are signing with you not able to do figures with anyone else? How How is that all shaking out? Because I know we've, like you said, we've seen Ted DiBiase figures from Mattel oh, yeah. here and there. Well, the, it, it's, it's simple. Basically, our goal, uh, I would say 80% of the uh, talent that we have signed has never been done before, mm -hmm. has never been a, even been approached to be done before. Now, what we build is an asset-based roster of 200 wrestlers. And uh, as we were putting our business plan together, having 40 to 50 years experience in licensing, and realize that we are not 
You know, we're not a live wrestling federation like AEW or WWE. Mm -hmm. We had the ability to take these 200 wrestlers and address enormous additional volume and revenue for them. How do we do that? Through licensing. And I, uh, I go back almost 40, almost 45 years with a gentleman by the name of Mark Friedman, who is uh, Mark is, you know, as I call him, the godfather of the Ninja Turtles. Mm -hmm. And I literally ran into Mark as this thing started. We sat down, we put together a uh, an exclusive licensing arrangement and representation with Surge Licensing. And they are representing all of our talent in its totality and individually for licensing. However, the only way you can do that is with an exclusive contract mm -hmm. because we're working on some deals in not just the, not just action figures. We're working on deals for these guys that go way beyond anything that's ever been done in wrestling. So that's, and this is the same answer I gave to, uh, you know, to Matt and Brian. Mm -hmm. um, that's the reason that our contracts are exclusive. Not because we want to tie the guys up. Yeah. Just the opposite. Our goal is to make these guys a ton of money. And we plan on doing that, and we will do that. So I'm just reading an article here. I didn't know this. You, you've you signed the Poffo family, so that means you're going to be able to do Randy Savage as Randy Poffo along with his dad and brother. Is that correct? We're doing a lot of families, yes. We're wow. doing uh, – we got the Von Erichs. Uh, we got we, – you know, that, that see, that's the difference. Mm -hmm. We're going to do things that have never been done. Our strategy yeah. is totally out of the box. Uh, we've got some things, you know, that we haven't announced, which are which are just – very cool. You know, it's it's an industry that lends itself to creativity, yeah. you know, and most of what, you know, I mean, when I was doing the wrestlers back in the 80s, uh, one of the reasons that we were so successful is we were doing all these tag teams and we were doing all the, the valets, you know, we mm -hmm. were doing Jimmy Garvin and Precious. And, uh, you know, so we're taking a, a piece out of what we did back in the 80s and basically we're just blowing it out and making it even that much more creative. I don't know if they've anyone's talked to you about this, but the fact that Mattel has been doing WWE figures for, I think, 15 years and is still yet to make a referee figure is just blows my mind every time. I mean, if I'm a kid, my, my son now plays, my son's seven, he plays with wrestling figures now. I mean, he would love it. I mean, I don't understand how that hasn't happened. You know, it's something like it's little small things like that that people, I guess, these larger companies don't think of. Um, it's just crazy. So yeah, it will be cool to see some of these other names that we've never seen before get figures. Um, you talked about like, the jobbers and people like that. That you know, it's just like anything. It's any any TV show or movie. You you want to get all the characters. You don't just want the stars. If you're a passionate wrestling figure fan, you want everybody from top to bottom to make to fill out you know the whole collection. So that's that's really cool. We that's, have we have half a do we have half a dozen uh, uh, we have. Well, maybe we have half a dozen uh, refs under contract. We have, uh, uh, as they call it now, I guess they call it in, in enhanced entertainers, yeah, which is what yeah. the jobbers are. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have uh, and half of these names I don't even remember, but I'm just starting to learn the history. And these are the guys, okay, as, um, as Greg said, you know, and we're, we're going to be, these are the guys that made the champions. Yep. yep. Without the enhanced entertainers, you wouldn't have the Grey Gagne's. You wouldn't have the, the Magnum TAs. You know, Magnum, you know, tells me the story of the first time he went in the ring and his first his first match lasted 16 seconds. Mm -hmm. But it helped put him on the map. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're going to, you know, we want to recognize these guys. They have incredible stories. And they wrestled, you know, more than, you know, even more than, let's quote this, you know, the, the stars did. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you saying that. That's yeah. going to all be part of us going forward. Uh, and the other gripe that they had, and I, I think you've addressed this too, is the Kickstarter thing. So I, I'm not too familiar with Kickstarter. I don't. I know how it works. I've just never participated in one. Is this going to be when? When is that starting? I know you said summertime. If you could nail down a, you know, yeah, I know it, people are waiting, waiting yeah, to give you some money. What's yeah? Right, right now we're looking at mid July to uh, August first. Okay. And the only the only reason we did a Kickstarter. Uh, I mean, right. We're self-funded. You know, we could do this, you know, uh, you know, by ourselves as a company. But, you know, the, the Kickstarter is uh, it's very convenient. OK, it's a great vehicle to get the word out there. And more important, it's a great marketing vehicle. You know, we're in the process right now of, uh, of building our website. And obviously, when you build a website, you got to build a store. You got to get the way to pay it. And, you know, between you and I, I mean, Kickstarter is not easy. Yeah, I mean, we're yeah. we're going to be we're going to be filming a video in about uh, two weeks. Uh, you know, you got all the content that you have to put together. But if if Kickstarter didn't offer what it offers, we probably would do it in a different way. If it didn't exist, we would definitely do it in a different way. Yeah. yeah. So um, if I had my druthers, I'd rather do it all internally. But it's gotten to the point now with the convenience and the marketing of what Kickstarter offers. That's the only reason we're doing it. And the line will come out. Because you've heard questions about that too, so yeah, yeah. But you said by Christmas, right? That's I mean, I feel like you're well, you're you're gonna blink. It's gonna be Halloween. Well, the way that works simply is um, we have been doing business with a company called Lucky Yay. Uh, one of my other partners is a guy named Donnie Robbins, who's basically my closest friend in the world. We've known each other since I got in the toy industry, and Donnie was uh, uh, before he came up through the executive ranks of Toys R Us. He was, he had the biggest pencil in the United States of America. He was the action figure buyer for Toys R Us. Wow. And uh, in fact, I guess the bigger order, biggest order Donnie ever placed was when he placed the, uh, the empty boxes for Star Wars back in, uh, in when they first came out, you know, yeah. a million, 500,000 pieces. And uh, Donnie and I have been friends with Lucky A, who was a big agent in Hong Kong uh, for almost 40 years. And we still have an office there because Donnie and I have been partners since uh, 1995. And uh, we have already got things in place from the standpoint of, you know, containers that Lucky is using. Uh, you know, tooling will be starting as soon as we get final approval from, you know, from the wrestlers. You can see that we're into prototypes. Mm-hmm. So our production planning calls for us as of right now, God forbid COVID hits again or China, you know, closes down or, you know, oil goes up to $7,000 a barrel. Uh, Our intent right now is to be shipping out of the Orient by the end of November, which would put the goods in the port of L.A. by the end of December. And God willing, uh, we would start shipping uh, and fulfilling those orders sometime, you know, in January. That's the plan. And, uh, you know, we're going to do everything to meet that plan. We won't be shipping to the uh, consumer in December. Okay. But they'll be in the states before you know before uh, January first. Okay, that's good. I mean, that's good news for folks. I would when we do this, is the Kickstarter going to then like is it a pre order basically where I'm going to say if I want to put down this much for this many people, or is it just like an open thing where you where you're just asking for donations and you reach certain levels, or how how is it going to work? Now, the the Kickstarter, you know. Uh, the Kickstarter really is pre-ordering. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you set the goal, a minimum goal that you want to attain, whether it's ten thousand, twenty thousand, a hundred thousand. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you, as soon as you hit that goal, any of the uh, 
you know, not, they're not donations. They're really ordering product yeah, is what orders, they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Any of the order, any of the orders that have been placed, uh, are, are honored at the end of the 30 or 35 day period that the Kickstarter runs, you know, in turn, the revenue comes back to us. Uh, and we're, we're a step ahead of that because we want to stay ahead of the curve, mm. but, and then there'll, there'll be certain tiers and certain levels. You may be able to order a Vern Gagne at a price, and then we will offer you to, uh, order Vern and Lou at a special price. So, and within that Kickstarter, the other thing is it allows us to really keep the purchaser, uh, and or the public abreast of everything that's happened. We may, you know, we may get some comments right in the middle of the, uh, of the Kickstarter and say, you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you add that? Now you can't make a million changes because mm -hmm. by that time we're already committing ourselves overseas. But, you know, uh, just recently, as a matter of fact, we, uh, we got some comments that uh, we should put some uh, trading cards in there. So we're, you know, we're going to be putting trading cards in there, you know, pictures show their stats, show their history, That's show cool. their career. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, my my total belief is that this will be the only Kickstarter we will do. Everything else will be done internally and come out on our own website. So if I want to order this wave, I only want DiBiase and Hanson. I'll be able to do that. I won't need to buy all six of these guys, correct? Oh, abs oh absolutely. Okay. Are you placing that order now? Can I write that yeah, down Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I'll give you my credit <laughs> card when we sign off. <laughs> okay. Thank um, you. Thank you. Uh, what was I going to ask you here? Um, yeah, so that, that makes sense. The Kickstarter thing does make sense to me now. I like that. Um, we talked about the contracts. Uh, I think these six names were, I mean, no brainers right out the gate here. You know, these are all guys that any wrestling fan knows. Even if I haven't seen a couple of these guys wrestle, I know all six of these guys. I can picture them in my head immediately. And, and the figure is exactly what they look like in my head. So that is really cool. Um, where, where do we go from here? I mean, once those, once those pre-orders are in, you said like beginning of the year, uh, are, is the packaging going to be on like a bubble on a card kind of like the Remco's were, have you guys gone down that road yet as far as packaging? Yeah, we're, we've already started our packaging. Our packaging will be in line with what an ultra package should look like. Okay. Uh, you know, as you know, as we get into different iterations of, uh, I don't want to go into a whole marketing plan here, but you know, you know, it's obvious that, you know, some companies now are kind of, you know, they're out there and they are, uh, doing some parallel development on the, the type of figure that I did back in the eighties, you yeah. know, you know, the, it is retros out there. So, you know, we'll be answering that call down the line. Uh, and, but this particular package will be, will be fantastic. It'll be right up there with, uh, any other ultra type package that's in the marketplace. Amazing. So you'll be proud to put it on your shelf. Awesome. Yeah. I don't take, like you can see behind me. I usually don't take them out of the package. So I know, uh, I know. Yeah. I see that. You see, I see, you you see the macho cool. man's here. I sure do. I sure do. Top to bottom. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to be a day one investor in the company, you know? Well, you wanna we appreciate that. You want to send we me and the kids it. some samples to, 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 to review? Feel free, you know? I, no, we absolutely <laughs> will. I just, you know, just be sure to stay in touch. Stay in touch with either, uh, you know, Southern Communications or Kayla or anybody. But, uh, you know, or drop me a line. You know, I'm, you can get my email address, whatever you need from Kayla. 
and we will definitely send you some stuff as soon as we as soon as we get some stuff. Yeah, exactly. I don't even have I don't even have any stuff from the eighties. I didn't save oh, anything. Oh no, so, man. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Steve, don't ask. before we let you go, I mean, you've answered all the questions I have here. I'm sure um, there's some others that people come up, but I think it's just because people are interested. I think people like the fact that we've never seen figures from any of these people before, so it's going to be really cool. I really want a Luna Vachon. I can't believe we've never gotten her. I don't know if you'll be able to do. What you know, the way she looked when I've seen her before in WWF or WWE, but um, there's some really cool names on, on your list that I'm really thinking people are going to be excited for. One well, we have the we have the entire Vachon family, awesome. Okay, nice, yeah. So, Matt and, Dog, you know, and the, the, oh, yeah, you, you know, I'll I'll arrange one day to get the to get Gray Gagne on for you. Oh and boy, to hear to hear Gray tells a story. I mean, you know, Mad Dog was. He was unbelievable. He tells a story about them coming back, and I can't. I'll tell you quickly. But he tells a story about them coming back. I think it was from Fargo to Minneapolis, and you know, uh, I guess Mad Dog. You know, after his bout, he had it. You know, you got a case of beer there. Forget it. He, you know, <laughs> so they're, they're they're taking this private. They're taking this private plane back from Fargo. You know, and uh, I forget who else he said was on the plane with him. But uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know. Uh, Mad Dog is sitting in the back, and all of a sudden, the plane just drops. Okay, oh, and Greg said, "Mad Dog, who was I guess he was I don't know where his head was, but he opened up the rear door of the airplane. Oh my god! And he and he's hanging out there. And he says, boy, it's a beautiful evening out here.' <laughs> but you gotta you gotta hear Greg tell the story. And oh. then there's so much more that gets into it when they land in Minneapolis, and uh, you know, fire engines. It's a, a I'll, I'll arrange to get Greg on. You'll, his stories will just, you'll be howling. I'm sure yeah, he's, he's got some crazy ones. Guy. Yeah. Oh, he, unbelievable. Unbelievable. About the, about, remember everybody, you know, and everybody that is anybody, including Terry, meaning, uh, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan, they all came through mm-hmm. the AWA, all of that talent. And uh, even Mean Gene. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All, you know, and all of it, was developed by by Vern. You know, the problem there simply was money to hold on to these guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, and uh, you know, and hey, kudos to Vince. He he built an empire. Uh, but the one the one credit that is due is is really to Vern because to me, you know, guys like Vern and Lou, and you alluded to it in the beginning, you know, they're like the Arnold Palmers of the golf. Yeah. Without those guys, it wouldn't be what it it's is. It's a foundation today. for sure. Um, 100%, 100%. Steve, before we let you go, one question we ask all our guests when they come on. Uh, we hope this never happens. If you were on death row, you had one final meal. You could eat whatever the hell you wanted to eat, drink whatever you wanted to eat. What would it be? Uh, Probably meatballs and spaghetti. Oh, my gosh. Good, <laughs> good answer. A little red wine or what? What are we drinking? Oh, yeah, little little red wine. Relax. And, uh, you know, but uh, never been asked that question. But I had a quick answer. You did. You favorite, were real quick. Yeah. My favorite meal. But I appreciate the question. Awesome, Steve. Well, thank you so much. Keep us updated. And keep, I mean, the biggest thing I would say that I see from other toy companies, Mattel doesn't do any kind of marketing on their social media for wrestling figures. You know, they have Barbie and all kinds of other stuff that they probably worry about more. But I think if you keep, you know, keep people salivating with updates on Instagram and Twitter, I'm sure you got some good people behind that. Um, keep people interested in it. I think you're going to do, I think you guys are going to knock it out of the park and we'll be happy on our social media and our show to really help you promote it and do whatever we can. We appreciate it. You're going to see some, we're going to be doing some interesting stories. We're going to be, 
we're going to be zeroing in very, very quickly on stories about the belts, stories about the outfits. You know, a lot of these things have never been there. Everybody's always talking about the figures. Yeah. So I appreciate you what you said, and we were going to answer the call. Awesome, Steve. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend, sir. Thank you, buddy. Stay well. Steve Rosenthal, I guess now a good friend from Powertown Wrestling. Um, check them out on – I'll pimp their social media. They don't have a website yet. I think websites are overrated. I feel like, you know, why, why have a website in today's day and age with Instagram and Twitter? IG, it's Powertown Wrestling. Twitter, it's under, at underscore Powertown. Um, I've heard some mixed reviews from people that listened to his other interview about how he just didn't give enough information. I feel like he was very forthcoming with everything. Um, you know, it's a business for these guys. It's, you know, they want to make money, but I, I like the fact that they're giving back to these families. Like, uh, I mean, you talk about 80, 90% of the people that have never had figures before in their, you know, the inter- iteration. It's pretty cool to think about. And there's a lot of guys, even if it was before my time, there, there's some of them that I'm going to pick up because. You know, I remember them. I've heard the stories. I've seen the matches back on the network and on Peacock and stuff like that. So uh, really cool stuff from Steve. I'm, pl- I'm glad he was able to take some time. Check out, uh, obviously, you're listening to our interview, so you're already checking out our interview. But the guys from the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast did an uh, interview with them, and it's on their YouTube. Um, I'm sure you've, you're a follower of them if you're listening to our show, but if you're not, definitely check them out. Those guys do great work, and uh, I'm going to listen to their interview. I didn't want to be biased by what, you know, I'm sure they asked probably similar questions. They had a little bit more time with them. Um, i got to pick my kid up from school, so, uh, you know, priorities. But uh, thanks to Steve for coming on. Thank you so much. Yeah, good stuff. So uh, check out our buddies over at the Run-In Podcast. Uh, they just did their 100th episode. They're taking a break. They're taking a break, and I'm trying to I'm trying to get back to doing once a week. So we're, we're two ships crossing in the night. Uh, our buddy Russell, uh, Chris Matthews from the WrestleGeddon Podcast. Uh, Kenny from To Call Up does an awesome YouTube show, uh, breaking down all of the weekly wrestling shows. And our buddy Kyle Peterson on and um, Fig Heel on YouTube doing some box unboxings and reviews and stuff like that. There's so many different avenues, podcasts, and YouTube shows for wrestling figure collectors. It's awesome. So check it out. And thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Stay classy, Marks. This is the only thing. This is the beat that played.